Rock Podcast, talking all things Disney, with your hosts, L. John Go and Dave Bossert. Welcome to the Skull Rock Podcast. If this is your first time hearing the show, welcome. Every week, we talk all things Disney and pop culture with never-before-heard stories and behind-the-scenes moments from some of your favorite Disney films, theme park attractions, performances, books, music, and much more. I'm your co-host, musician, and longtime Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars fan, also pop culturist. And you can email me, aljon, A-L-J-O-N, at skullrockpodcast.com. And I'm Dave Bossard, artist, filmmaker, author, and welcome to our podcast. If you love Disney and pop culture, please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. And of course, we're now on iHeartRadio, which I think is fantastic. And also, please like and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And you can also email me at Dave at Skullrock. I was going to say <laughs> Skullrock Plus. I, I just had a brain fade. No, you can, you can email me at Dave at Skullrockpodcast.com. <laughs> I was going to say, you were going to say Dave at Skullrockplus.com. <laughs> yeah, really. Dave at Skullrock Plus. No, Dave at Skullrockpodcast.com. Hey, uh, Al John, yeah. how are you? How oh. was your week? Oh, great. You know, so it's great. But yet it isn't. And I'll tell you, um, this week was really difficult. Like most of the, the the country, we had that huge cold snap that just oh, went yeah. across the United States. And my friends in Texas, my heart goes out to you. I know that, you know, there are still at this point as we record this people that aren't without power. And it is really uh, disconcerting, very concerning. I know people, it's gotten to be like really dreadful loss of life, freezing, below freezing temperatures. And Uh. we experienced it here in Nashville. Um, The storm went over us. And yesterday was the first day in, in over a week that um, I, I, we, my wife and I and the kids traveled, um, broke through the ice to try to get some supplies and stuff and just to get out of the house. Now, luckily we, we, we were okay, but I will tell you, Dave, that the back streets were completely iced over. And for whatever reason, we had to go and get medication for, for my wife in a different city mm. because we were out totally out and they couldn't get us the medicine that she needed. So we traveled to the, the adjacent city and go- and we're not familiar with where some of these places are. So I, I did the whole Google Maps thing. And Google Maps took us from the main road and took us a back road to get back home. And I, I was like, I, I was literally, uh, you know, just like going 15 miles an hour on these roads because they were completely iced over. And mm. so we had to stop and, and get some coffee and because it took us like two to three times uh, the length of time to get back home than it, it, it did. Um, so, but yes, I mean, the cold snap was real. It was super crazy. And we had so much ice, um, and you know, uh, to, to, to contend with. And I just really feel for these people that are, that are out there and these poor animals that, you know, uh, abandoned pets and different things like that, that have to contend with these below freezing temperatures. I, I'm, I'm, just really, uh, really saddened by all this. 
you know, it's it's amazing. My uh, sister-in-law, uh, my sister-in-law lives down in te- in uh, Houston, Texas, and she didn't lose power, but she opened her house up. She had people come over who had lost power and yeah. needed to, you know, stay warm and uh, do some laundry or do a few things. But I have to tell you, uh, for a storm to wreak this much havoc, uh, something's wrong with the system down there. I mean, people really have to take a hard look at their, you know, power grid. Uh, I mean, I, f- I felt so bad for all of those people who had broken pipes and water raining down out of their ceilings and just ruining their homes. I mean, just shocking to me. Uh, it really was unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it, I don't think anything can really prepare you for the type of weather that we had. And now it looks like we're going to be getting spring now. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm okay with that. Of course I'm okay with that, but gosh, you know, uh, we even had uh, places. I I just was watching the news and because people couldn't get out and get their, their vaccinations, they ended up having, you know, a smart doctor, several doctors decided to open up pop-up places to go ahead and get people inoculated so that every single vaccine would not go to waste. And so I'm And some of those people are getting into trouble for doing it, which is beyond me. Yeah. I think the goal is just get the, get the, the vaccines into people's arms. That's right. That's right. You know, don't let it go to waste. We've waited so long to make this happen. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, they should be applauded for their efforts because it's it uh, you definitely don't want it to go to waste. You don't want it to go to waste. Um, no, you can't. You know, it, ridiculous. You yeah. Well, I tell you, thank you so much. If you're just tuning in, you know, we we just uh, wrap about the stuff that we we love to talk about, mostly pop culture, Disney and all this stuff. So we're going to talk a little bit about the latest and greatest news, shall we, Dave? Well, you know what? I do want to just mention we were planning on having a guest, oh, yes. animator director Dan Jupe, and uh, he canceled a couple days ago because his mother went into the hospital. So I just want to say, you know, we're sending good thoughts and prayers out to Dan and his family, and we will get him back on rescheduled on the show at some point in the future. But um, we just hope his mother um, uh, improves and and recovers. So. Um, you know, we're sending our best out to him. Absolutely. Please, mom, get well soon. And uh, Dan, we look forward to having you back on the show. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I just hope everybody is uh, taking care of themselves and each other, really. I know. Yeah. Hey, and this was bound to happen, Al John. I mean, you know, when we do, you know, you do a weekly show, um, things happen and, you know, they're out of your control. And especially now with, you know, the pandemic and all this craziness that's been going on in our world, um, these things do happen. But we have a great show ahead with a ton of stuff to talk about. Really we a do. lot. We absolutely do. So let's get into it, shall we? Yeah. Skull Rock Podcast, ripped from the headlines. It's Skull Rock Podcast headline news. Disney has found a way to bring hope back into my life, Dave. They found a way, yes. The magical celebration begins October 1st in honor of Walt Disney World Resort's 50th anniversary. 
Yes. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I was so glad uh, when I saw this headline because I, I was hoping that the company was going to do something uh, to mark this really amazing milestone um, of uh, Walt Disney, Walt Disney World being open for 50 years. Yeah. You know, it, it breaks my heart that we weren't able to go to Disneyland and Disneyland wasn't open on their birthday for the yeah. first time. For the first time since its opening, um, Disneyland was denied a, a birthday celebration. However, yeah, and, and, and it was a milestone too, 65th uh, yeah, anniversary. 65 years too, you're mm. right. Absolutely right. And so while our hearts were broken, um, we understand, uh, mm -hmm. you know, this is a you know very interesting time that we live in currently uh if you're listening to this in the future <laughs> you know maybe we're 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 hopefully beyond all of this but having said that uh, i'll go ahead and read a little bit of this information here from disney parks blog from jeremy Schofield. um he says beginning uh, october 1st walt disney world resort will now throw the world's most magical celebration in honor of the 50th anniversary bringing new experiences to four of the theme parks and beyond this milestone is such a big deal They've coined a new wor a word, like, of course, they do, because marketing, uh, quote, iridescence, with the emphasis on the ear. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so you'll be able to see everything that's shiny, that's shiny and sparkly over there as part of that celebration. Cinderella Castle at Magic Kingdom will add to its royal makeover from last year, uh, which, is, which is nice. I mean, it, it looks, you know, it looks storybook-like, right? So you, can you know, <laughs> I honestly, I, I, I have to say, uh, I have very fond memories. Uh, the, my first Disney park experience was at Walt Disney World in mm. Florida in 1976. Yeah. The bicentennial of the United States. I and love that, that summer, we took a road trip in the station wagon down to Orlando, Florida oh, from New York. Wagons. That's amazing. Yeah. That it is was amazing. fantastic. I bet. I bet I would love to. I mean, the bicentennial was just a magical time anyway, at least from what I'm told. <laughs> you know, I was I was uh, two years old uh, when that happened. But, uh, you know, that seemed to be, you know, just looking back at some, you know, just archival footage that seemed to be just a magical time um, for the for the yeah. country. But and, uh, and you yeah. know, and, and you got to realize too that Walt Disney World back then was the Magic Kingdom and a handful of resorts. It's true. That's you know, true. that was it. I mean, they had the Polynesian, they had the Contemporary, they had Fort Wilderness, and I'm missing one. What was the other one they had? They had one other, didn't they? Yeah, the Contemporary. Well, I said Contemporary. Okay. Polynesian. Poly. Fort Wilderness, but there was no Fort Wilderness Lodge. Fort no. Wilderness was just a campground. campground. Yeah, just a campground. Uh, they had in the. Did they, they have the Floridian? No, I don't, I don't think no, so. No, not, no. At, not at the start. Uh, I'm trying to think. I, they had the the uh, the tree houses over there at Fort Wilderness. Did they not? They had the tree houses. No, those, no, came, in those later, came in later. I think. Okay, I'm losing my Disney cred, so I better move yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> I better move on. Um, but anyway, uh, yes. So Magic Kingdom, they're going to have the the golden bunting uh, around it. So they're going to have the little flare and the little gold stuff that's all around it. Uh, they're even going to do some really cool effects with the, um, 
I guess every one of those weenie icons that they're going to have out there. And when I say weenie, I mean, you know, the attention getters, you know, the icons of each park. So sure. uh, they're going to have the Hollywood Tower Hotel illuminated, the Tree of Life illuminated, and of course, Epcot. Uh, they're going to have new lights that shine reflective panels over there at Spaceship Earth, connecting to one another, resembling stars in a nighttime sky. And a permanent new lighting will continue. Um, will be uh, will continue at Epcot as a defining feature of the park, which is absolutely amazing. By the way, it looks so good. Yeah, and, and you uh, know, I, I I think when you know whenever we uh, mention Walt Disney World or I or I see something about Walt Disney World, I can't help but think about Walt's brother, Roy O. Disney, who came out of retirement after Walt passed away and made sure that the park, the Walt Disney World Park in Orlando uh, was built and got open. And, and it opened and Roy O, who again was 10 years older than, than Walt, uh, Roy O passed away about six months later. It was sort of like he lived to get that park open and he should be certainly remembered and honored for that. Yes. And I love that statue of him. Yes. I mean, just having the Disney's, um, you know, Roy and um, Roy O, I mean, those statues and those partner statues at every park with the Disney's is just something to behold. It's something that you remember their legacy. And I love the fact that, and by the way, last week's episode episode with Disney legend um, uh, Floyd Norman, uh, you can go back and listen to that and hear the story because um, it's a very compelling and very moving story. It's very touching, I think, because I feel like he had, he basically lived, as you said, to fulfill the the dream yeah. of, of Walt, which was a very, you know, all-encompassing dream Um of a place where families could get, be together and, and enjoy each other's company and really just, yeah. you know, spend time together, which is, which is great, which is why I love Disney so much, why you love Disney so much. It's Absolutely. just a magical place. And uh, to celebrate that 50th anniversary uh, and that dream coming to life as it morphs and, and grows is, is really cool. You know, you can make memories together uh, and you can make memories with this new Mickey and Minnie in their iridescent outfits. All righty. Yeah. So, um, and they're going to be doing it for 18, 18 long months. So there's an yes. opportunity for people, you know, uh, if they haven't been able to, to go, um, you know, this fall in October, they can take their time, head on over there, book their trip and, and enjoy and get uh, all that uh, 50th anniversary love uh, that they need and, and fill their hearts with this iridescent stuff. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think it's great that they uh, they really um, stretch out some of these anniversary celebrations because it does give an opportunity for a lot of people to plan uh, plan ahead and uh, be able to participate. It definitely does. It definitely does. So I'm glad they they've decided to kind of extend it so that everybody has an opportunity to try to get there. And uh, once they get inoculated, hey, bam, they're ready ready to go. You know. Um, yeah. Well, speaking about a different side of Disney, um, we, we talked a little bit about what's going on with Lucasfilm and Mandalorian star Gina Carano. For better or for worse, she, find her, she finds herself um, outside of the company at this mm-hmm. point. And yeah. it seems like um, the outsider Carano, and this is a headline from Hollywood Reporter, they report the ouster of Carano from the show draws the ire of uh, 
the right and marks an inflection point for Lucasfilm, whose star was warned repeatedly about her social media posts. And, you know, there's been a lot of, of social media uproar with the Disney company as a whole over the past couple of years when it comes to posting different things and especially in regards to politics, whether it was Roseanne or James Gunn or Letitia Wright from uh, Black Panther or um, Lou uh, Yiffy, um, I think I'm saying her name right, uh, from Mulan, each drawing varying degrees of action from the studios. But of course, in Carano's case, the move to cut ties has been brewing for some time with Lucasfilm and the actress in the months leading up to the Investor Day presentation on December 10th. And of course, she was dropped by UTA and um, it was also made known today, as of today, in a um, in an interview um, with the Daily Wire that she had no idea she was let go until uh, it was known or mentioned on social media and she was dropped by her, <laughs> her agency. So, you know, uh, that, that's just amazing to me. And, and, and by the way, out of all the names you mentioned, James Gunn is back in the fault. That's right. Well, and they right? did let go I, I mean, of Letitia. They, they, well, they got rid of him and then they brought him back, what, a year later and he's doing uh, uh, Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxies. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was, as soon as he was let go, DC took the opportunity to take him to do the new Suicide Squad movie. And then right. after that, he was rehired, um, rehired by uh, Marvel and Disney. And then, of course, they didn't let anyone go from Mulan. They didn't let go Letitia Wright, who's still doing Black Panther and the Marvel movies. Um, you know, it, it, it seems it seems very murky and um, sort of willy nilly. There doesn't seem to be any real sort of uh, standard, if you will, uh, with some of this stuff. You know, yeah, I, I, that's just my impression. Well, I, I feel I feel like all companies um, need to, especially when it comes to their their big name talent, visible actors and actresses, they should make sure that they sign a clause uh, in regards to activities on social media as they represent a brand and undergo some media training. And I I'm a I'm a big supporter of that because I've. I've been in the media. I actually do some media training um, because I think it's just really important that there is a standard. If there is a standard, then people need to adhere to it. Um, and a lot of times they sign these NDAs uh, to not to disparage, you know, the company, you know, Lucas did it with, um, I'm sorry, Disney did it with George Lucas and he did not disparage uh, Star Wars, and the one time he did, it got him to a lot. It got him into a lot of trouble. It got yes, him into it, a lot of did. trouble. <laughs> and you can read it, you know, Bob Iger's book about that. Um, you know, and it's on the internet. But it got him to a lot of trouble. Where, of course, you know, he had to apologize uh, over over th- those statements. But once again, the damage has been done. And I don't think it's necessarily malicious of of anyone per se. They just want to be outspoken and. And try to either spark conversation or at least, you know, use their platform to do what they perceive as good. So I don't believe there's any ill intentions by a lot of these celebrities, um, by a great majority. But if you're involved with a company, they need to have a, a policy. And instead of these warnings and different things like that or being let go unprofessionally, which I believe this was, you just don't. Let someone go over social media. Your courtesy, your job is as an employer to contact this person and let them know why they're being, you know, let go. 
Yeah, you know, I agree with you on that. And and I also have to say is that is there an opportunity for that for, for to go to that employee and say you did this wrong and you need to apologize for it and you need to take that down and da 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 da, da you know? Uh and you know, it just seems like, you know, somebody finding out uh, from social media that they no longer have a job is just really disrespectful. Yeah. From my understanding, she was warned and she went through the media training and different things. So I understand. I think maybe she may have martyred herself. I mean, you know, you, you watch the interview, you know, and, and you see for yourself, I think she is very a sincere person. But once again, you know, I think once you have a company that's a large enough company. And I, I know that yeah. even the NFL uh, sure. has a lot of these protocols about how you speak and appear in public and you do certain things that is part of the job. So I believe if you're front facing a company uh, and you have certain obligations and, and different things, if you want to tote the company line, as it were, um, you need to be able to uh, adhere to certain policies. Uh, otherwise, you know, maybe this is not a good fit for you. But I think that social media strategy is really important in this day and age when it comes to employees and and uh, and their companies that they may represent um, or misrepresent in terms of how they posture and post on social media. So, yeah, I, you know, look, I mean, I, I think that there's an awful lot of people who grew up on social media. Uh, who put all kinds of crazy stuff up uh, that will eventually come back and bite them. So the question becomes, you know, how far back do you go on somebody? You know, do you go back to their high school days? Uh, you know, when they were, you know, sort of stretching their their boundaries and uh, sort of, you know, coming into their own. I mean, at that point, you, everybody's made mistakes and done some dumb things, you yeah. know? Well, this is true. And, you know, and that's part of the, the thing about being an adult, if you're an adult and you understand these things about social media, um, then you have to be able to take the consequences of that. But I don't think people can be held accountable for mistakes or should be held accountable for mistakes that they've done, especially in times that are, uh, let's say, not as educated as we are yeah. now or enlightened. Right. Absolutely. I mean, you know, yeah. there's something to be said, like what what is deemed accessible in the 1970s may not fly today. Right. Sure. And you can see that in some of the forms of entertainment that we've had. And, you can, you know, and with Disney, you can see it in some of the entertainment that is has been done back in the, you know, the 30s, 40s, 50s and onward sure. about yeah, yeah. how things change and move, you know. And yeah. So society changes. Society changes and grows, you know. And uh, but, you know, look, I've, I've said this before, Al John. I really think that celebrities, especially because they're representing a franchise or a movie or a TV show, they really have to know better. Yep. Honestly. Well, you know, Stanley said it best with great power comes great responsibility. That's right. And speaking of power, it seems like uh, Ryan Johnson actually might still have power to do this new trilogy uh, that was reported. Now, they completely glossed over it. In fact, there was no mention of it during the Disney investor call a couple months ago, the big presentation. But Ryan Johnson, who uh, is a great 
you know, director in his own right. Mm -hmm. Knives Out, I thought was a very fun movie. I enjoyed Knives Out. I don't know if you did, Dave. Um, I did. I I thought that was fantastic. It reminded me of Clue. You know, certainly uh, (laughs) Daniel Daniel Craig uh, had a had a terrific role in that uh, film, and uh, of course, uh, Chris Evans uh, too. We we just lost um, uh, Plummer. Yeah, Uh, Christopher Plummer. uh, What was that? Christopher Plummer. Yeah, Christopher Plummer. We just lost him uh, uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, he he was equally uh, distinguished, and uh, it was just a great cast. I I really enjoyed it, and I understand they're going to do another one. Well, that's that's great. I don't know how you can beat that last one because it was was really like the the big whodunit, and it was engaging, and it was fun. However, uh, Ryan is also credited with, play with with helping fracture the star wars universe with the divisive film the last jedi and apparently um before all this rigmarole came around even before the uh, the last skywalker or the rise of skywalker came out uh kathleen kennedy who was the head of lucasfilm had greenlighted ryan johnson's new trilogy and apparently according to coming soon.net it was reported that the ryan johnson trilogy uh, is still going to be taking place. And this emits, you know, no announcement of upcoming projects, but apparently it's still going to happen. I don't know if this is Kathleen Kennedy's just little subtle dig about all of her projects kind of being pushed aside for the the John Favreau side of the Mandalorian and Dave Filoni side of projects, slated projects coming up. But I don't think this is going to help people. <laughs> I don't think this is going to help. Um, when you're trying to bring people together, especially in the era of Bob Chapek and Bob Iger uh, in his role with Disney Plus, I don't think you're doing yourselves a lot of um, of favors by bringing back probably the most divisive director in all of Star Wars franchise history. When you're trying to get the fans back, you didn't you didn't particularly care for the Last Jedi, I take it. Um, you know what? I, I I've been known on social media to say it's grown on me. And I accepted the story for what it was. I didn't particularly like the direction of it. And I always told people, I'm going to wait until I see the climactic conclusion to see how it all plays out, which I was slightly let down. But I still enjoyed the movie for what it was. I just feel that it didn't, at its heart, it didn't, as a fan, it didn't really resonate with me. But that's okay, because I understand that there's some things that didn't resonate with people with the uh, original movies or the, or the prequel trilogy. So I understand that. Um, I do like a lot of the characters. I just felt that there were some missed opportunities because I really love character. I wanted to root for Ray and I wanted to root for Finn and Poe and Kylo Ren. I wanted to, uh, to, to find some connective tissue there, but after the first movie, I was wanting more and I continued to want more. And when I had the opportunity to watch the, the Rise of Skywalker, I was just let down. I just, mm. I just felt like it was hollow. Um, was it an enjoyable trilogy of movies? Yes, I enjoyed it um, for what they were, you know, which is kind of like in their own little bubble, right? In their, you know, but as a, as, uh, as we call it now, or as they call it now, the Skywalker saga, it definitely was not the Skywalker saga. The last three films do not have skywalker they did not have skywalker front and center it was yeah. pushed aside and that to me is a miss another well, thing that is I, to me a miss I, I, and I, I will say this dave another thing that's a miss yeah how can you have 
a movie to a franchise like Star Wars and miss an opportunity to bring Han, Luke, and Leia back and have one scene together. It wasn't rocket science. Apparently, they shot something and they put it on the cutting room floor. Why? Oh, yeah. Why? Why do I you don't do know. Anyway. I can't. I can't answer that. All I can say is, I think uh, when a movie leaves you wanting more, that's a good thing. Oh, it's a good thing until they conclude yeah. it, and then they still leave you with like with an empty feeling. <laughs> it should resolve. It's like any good piece of music. A good piece of music, and because Dave, you are a writer and a filmmaker, you understand the the story arc, right? Sure. You, you set up the characters. Then you introduce, you know, the three act play. You in, introduce the the um, the issue, um, you know, for the protagonist and the antagonist, and then you come out with the resolution, denouement, whatever you want to call it, right? So you've got the three act structure. I feel like, I, you know, I understand the characters. Then we had the the conflict. Where's the resolution? There's no resolution. <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's just writing one one to me. It did, but anyway, Ryan Johnson. I guess he's going to be given an opportunity and, and I'm not going to cancel Disney plus. I still have a lot of things I love about Disney, but boy, I don't know where this is coming from. <laughs> you know, let's get, uh, let's get fans. Let, in. You know what? Let's see what happens. Um, I, 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 I'm going to be curious to see what happens with Lucasfilm and, uh, and the dynamics with Kathleen Kennedy and John Favreau and all the other players involved there. Well, Yes. We'll see how it unfolds. It seems like it's just drama after drama. They can't they can't steer away from it for whatever reason. But mm. another thing they have been doing is coming out with some cool video game announcements and uh, this brand new video game coming out uh, direct Nintendo Direct for download and as well as iOS is um, and Android is Star Wars Hunters and they are turning on the keys for a lot of these new developers not just EA games but to just a lot of different developers to come up with great Star Wars content like Lucasfilm games did back in the day and some of the best games and I own all of them <laughs> you know <laughs> I own all those Lucasfilm games uh you know from X-Wing from the early 2000s and and now or the mid 90s actually uh, I've got a lot of those PC games you know when I was flying X-Wings under those really bad graphics but um you know, I, I own those games and it's really cool to see them kind of work with other developers instead of a single developer and come out with new and fresh content on a very regular basis. Um, it was just, you know, over the years of having EA games release video games with the Star Wars license, it seems like they are very few and far between and they've only come up with a handful of titles in the years that they've had this license. So I'm glad to see more Star Wars video games being developed. Um, now, Dave, you came across this story, and I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. This is uh, coming to us from The Hollywood Reporter, and the headline says, Disney to face legal claim for barring employees from discussing pay. So can you shed a light a little bit on what this is about exactly? Well, I think this is really about um, uh, some women uh, who feel as though they are not being paid in parity uh, with their male counterparts. And uh, I think that Disney is fighting tooth and nail to try and prevent this from becoming a class action with a group of women uh, at the company. But, you know, this is, this is the kind of stuff that kind of, you know, gives the company a black eye, I think. You know, the, the Disney used to be, 
I think a, a company that sort of was set apart from your regular Fortune 500 companies. You know, it it really was that way. And it's unfortunately not so much anymore. And this is just another one of those stories where they're trying to, um, uh, you know, for whatever reason, you know, they're, they're trying to suppress pay. Uh, and they've done this before, you know, a number of years ago, there was a, a whole justice department investigation into collusion between a number of animation studios to suppress, uh, or put a cap on how much they were paying for certain types of talent. Uh, and, uh, and Disney wound up getting dinged, uh, for a hundred million dollar, hundred million dollar fine, yeah. uh, on that particular case. So it's going to be interesting to see how this evolves. Uh, but, uh, you know, honestly, with these types of stories that pop up, uh, every so many years, there's like almost a pattern, uh, of this kind of behavior, which is, which is really kind of sad. Yeah. I mean, they say here, um, you know, the opposite is, well, it says here, policies regarding pay secrecy have been shown to negatively impact women workers' pay because they are systematically deprived female employees of the information they need to demand equal pay, writes attorney Lori Andrus. Yeah. Um, it's it's interesting. I mean, we'll, well, I mean once look, again, we'll have I, to see I, it. The, the thing I will say is that within the company, they have pay bans. You know, there's ranges for right. certain jobs, you know, and, uh, you know, sometimes when they bump somebody into that pay band, you're going to be at the lower end uh, and then you eventually build your way up to the higher end of that band. Right. Uh, but uh, I think, you know, some of these folks don't even know what those bands are. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, you know, in, in in work, in a lot of different lines of work, there are those pay bans, and that happens. You know, as you prove yourself, if you're new or being yeah. promoted, you know, you do start off at the lower band and work, try to work your way up. But um, you know, the last bit of, of this says, according to a Disney spokesperson, quote, Disney does not prohibit its employees from talking about their pay and looks forward to provide to provide providing the falsity of this latest plaintiff claim. So, um. You know, you know that, that, that's an interesting statement, too, because I I know when I was at the company, you know, I I was just one of those people. It was just the way I was raised. I never discussed salaries, yeah, you know, that's how uh, I was raised. Too. I also knew yeah. that there were departments where they were completely transparent with one another. Everybody knew what everyone was making. So they knew that they were all in a range. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, you know, there were there were certain groups of artists from, you know, one department or one discipline. They all knew what that, you know, what, what the amount was that they should be making, you know? Yeah. Well, I think I think in this day and age, um, there's websites like Glassdoor and different things where you kind of understand if you're going in for a promotion or if you're going into a new company, what the a what the age range, what the price range of 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 salary is going to be based on your area yeah. and your area yeah. of expertise. So you can kind of gauge it, you know, depending on yeah. the company. But I'm like you, Dave. I was raised in a a, a household where there were certain things you don't talk about. Right. And it's still uncomfortable for me to talk about today, which is salary or money. Uh, you don't talk about religion. You definitely don't talk about, you know, uh, 
you know, sex. You don't talk about a lot of these things because uh, those are very taboo things. You want to be um, very respectful of other people, especially if they make more money or they don't make enough money than you or, yeah. or, or you know, whatever. Everyone is the same. You know, you kind of treat people with the mm-hmm. same amount of respect. And this to me, you know, uh, it's kind of weird. It's a different time. Yeah, every, everybody has a comfort zone and in, in what they will talk about. I will I will say though, you know, when I was on the board at Disney, when I was on the the drawing board uh in animation, uh I I, I remember that uh the Screen Cartoonist Guild, which I was a member of, uh would do an annual survey. So it was the kind of thing where they would, you know, send you out a survey and you would fill it out, but you didn't put your name on it and you would mail it back. So it was sort of a blind survey, but it would give the, you know, the union the ability to uh, come up with those salaries in each discipline. Uh, and it, 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 it provided uh, an opportunity for the artist to understand what the pay range was uh, for their particular discipline. And, and, and those were good things, I think, uh, for, you know, uh, people to have that information. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, we'll see how this unfolds. Yeah, it's unfolds. just another one. To, it, it, it's, a, it's a nuisance thing. But I do think that these types of stories, when they come out, it kind of erodes the Disney brand a little bit. It yeah, really because does. yeah, because you don't want to think ill of a brand that um, such a great iconic brand. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. You know, I you know when I don't like to think ill of anything that happens with the Converse brand because I'm a Converse shoes guy. Like I love that brand, and I hate it when controversies surround my favorite brands. Sure. Um, the same can be said about Coca-Cola, which I'm going to steer clear of for today's, today's show. Okay. But uh, right. I will not steer clear. <laughs> We're going to talk about, <laughs> I don't know, uh, look it up on Google, folks, and, and see what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but uh, because I will continue to drink Coke Zero because I like Coke Zero. Uh, just like I'll continue to uh, watch Disney Plus because I still love the content. And um, speaking of content that's going to be coming to Disney Plus, how about this? This trailer is amazing. I was born frizzy. Born fast. And a little bit mad. I'm Wow, Dave. First of all, I have to say that uh, coming. On 52821, I'm looking forward to it because I am a huge fan of Emma Stone. Yeah, no, I think Emma Stone is terrific. And for all of our listeners, if you have an opportunity, look at this brand new trailer, the official trailer for Disney's Cruella. Uh, starring Emma Stone as Cruella DeVille. And uh, I have to say, when I first watched this, uh, Al John, earlier this week, I was left with the impression of this is Disney's Harlequin. Yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> it felt like that to me. You know, the the Harlequin from uh, movies from DC. Yeah. Uh, over at Warner Brothers, uh, this this absolutely had that kind of a feel to me uh, in how they were going to take Cruella, and and I thought that was very interesting. Man, I I, I love it. You're I think you're right on the money when it uh, with the with the you know your thoughts on it because the tagline is brilliant, bad, and a little bit bad. May twenty twenty one. Brilliant, bad, and a little bit mad. Boy, doesn't that sound like uh, <laughs> Harlequin? <laughs> it, 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 it does a like little Harlequin. bit, you know. It's, it's and, and I guess that they're they're releasing this in May uh, into theaters. Yeah, I mean, I like I like the fact that you know Disney is taking a little bit different approach than HBO and Warner Brothers with their whole you know HBO yeah. Warner Brothers Max approach HBO Max approach of just releasing all their films on the streaming platform and not going into theaters I think that I think this is going to be a great thing for them as the world kind of comes back to some type of normalcy, but I'll read the boilerplate for you, uh, for you all Academy Award winner Emma Stone from La La Land, of course, stars in Disney's Cruella, an all new live action film about the rebellious early days of cinema's most notorious and notorious, notoriously fashionable villains, the legendary Cruella DeVille. Cruella, set in the 1970s London, Amidst punk rock revolution follows a young girl named Estella, a clever and creative girl determined to make a name for herself with her designs. Um, she befriends a pair of young thieves who appreciate the appetite for mischief, and altogether they're able to build a life for themselves on the London streets. So, um, as criminals, as criminals, that's what it, it should, it, it's missing that as criminals, as criminals, <laughs> yes. But, but that's the thing, right? I mean, yeah, she is devilishly bad which is why we like cruella deville she is just a little devil and i love the whole punk rock attitude the whole sid and nancy cbgb's kind of you know uh really street vibe appeal of this punk rock established villain because that's kind of like the resurgence of of that type of music and that cbgb's vibe and i remember they posted some pictures when they announced emma stone taking this role on of the kind of you know, punk rock look that they were going for very sex pistols. Like, and I thought to myself, this looks really cool because I mean, she is a fashionista and that's kind of like that whole, you know, punk rock attitude coming from London all the way to the United States, you know, in that era, I think it's really neat. I can't wait to see what happens. Absolutely. I mean, I, uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing it. That That's all I can say is that, um, uh, I'm I'm looking looking forward to seeing. I think Emma Stone is a terrific actress. I enjoy watching her in films, and uh, I the production value of this uh, looks really good. I wonder if they're establishing a Disney universe, kind of like an MCU, because you you mentioned you mentioned this um, you know kind of take on uh, the Harlequin DC universe kind of thing, and I'm thinking to myself, they're just making more of these really cool live action remakes or retellings of these films. Like I thought the beauty and the beast live action remake was great. I mm-hmm. really enjoyed um, Maleficent. I, I, I actually really enjoyed Melissa Maleficent and I came in with, uh, with low expectations because I, I was like, eh, you know, it's, it's going to be cool. You know, I don't really know if this is going to pan out, but I ended up really liking it. And I actually also really liked uh, Alice in Wonderland. So yeah. 
Oh no, I thought I thought Tim Burton did a fabulous job on uh, Alice in Wonderland, the live action. The first one was was really terrific. I, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I agree. I agree with that. So, which uh, is a good segue into our next story because it's uh, Tim Burton uh, <laughs> is doing a Wednesday Adams uh, live action series. Bad Dave, uh, you just for Netflix. That is just one of the best segues ever. And uh, <laughs> um, so, another thing to look forward to. Um, we talked about this a few a few months ago on the show about uh, Tim Burton and his. Uh, Adams family revival, if you will. So it says here, according to Hollywood reporter, Netflix has handed out a uh, handed out a straight to series eight episode order for Wednesday, a live action offshoot of the Adams family from director Tim Burton and showrunners Al Go, not to be uh, confused with me uh, and, and miles Millar from Smallville and into the badlands, which are great series. Uh, the series is described as a sleuthing supernaturally infused mystery uh, charting Wednesday Adams years as a student at the Nevermore Academy and Wednesday's attempts to master her emerging psychic ability and thwart a monstrous killing spree that has terrorized the local town and solved the supernatural mystery that embroiled her parents 25 years ago. Wow. This I is think like, it's going to be, I, I, look, I think it's terrific. I think that uh, the fact that Tim uh, Burton is doing this is, is fantastic because he's been a big fan of Charles Adams, the cartoonist who came up with the whole Adams family back in the late 1930s. Um, and, uh, you know, you can see the influence of, of Charles Adams, uh, in, uh, the nightmare before Christmas, uh, which was Tim's baby. Uh, and so I, I think, you know, Tim's in the mind of Charles Adams, mm -hmm. uh, because he's such a fan of the cartoonist. And so this, I, I'm really looking forward to this. I think it's going to probably be visually stunning. I'll be curious to see who he brings on as a production designer. If it's uh, a longtime uh, person he's worked with um, or not, I don't know, but yeah. uh, it just seems like it's going to be a really terrific uh, project. Yeah. There's and nothing. I'll be, in I, I'll be curious too, if he's going to film it in London, if they're, if they're doing it in London. Interesting call. I, I agree. I don't think there's anything that Tim Burton has put his hands on that I didn't like. In fact, yeah. going back to the whole Disney live action thing, I thought his Dumbo was great. Like, I really enjoyed Dumbo. Did you like the live action Dumbo? Okay. So here's what I will say. Okay. I, visually, I loved uh, the live action Dumbo film. Uh, I thought that um, the ending uh, w was... Uh, it, it, it smacked of uh, studio executives forcing them in, you know. Okay, yeah. Uh, with okay, Dumbo I can and see his that. mother going back to Africa, uh, as opposed to reviving this circus and becoming the star that he was at the end of uh, the Dumbo animated film. Just a little woke. I get it. I get yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, let's just call it for what it is. But yeah. still, I enjoyed it. I, I still, I still really enjoyed it. All that said, and Danny DeVito mm -hmm. just was great. Uh, once again, we go back to Alice through the looking glass and the other stuff that Burton has done. And uh, going back to one of my favorite superhero movies, Batman um, and his revival of Batman. But uh, I think you're right. He's got such a great eye for that, that style. 
and he embodies that style and everything he does. And you talk about that's a true artist right there. I think he, he just, everything he does has a certain look and a a, a certain slant that he, uh, you can look at a a Tim Burton touched project and you can say, ah, yeah, that's Tim Burton. His fingerprints are all over that stylistically. You know, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, he did a film, Oh gosh! A few years ago, uh, Miss uh, Miss Peregrine's uh, Peregrine's uh, Home, home of Peculiar yeah. Children. Yep. Uh, you know, again, when you look at a bot, the body of work that he's done, there there is a uh, a stylistic thread that goes through it all uh, that I really like visually. I really enjoy it. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Can't wait. So Wednesday coming soon on Netflix. Can't wait for that. Yeah. Speaking of streaming, um, it looks like Apple is going to acquire the show or the movie Luck and Spellbound from Skydance Animation. Dave, I know that you've had friends that work at these uh, various studios, uh, studios, but yeah. it looks like uh, Apple has unveiled an overall deal with Skydance Animation for feature films and TV series for Apple Plus. Uh, Apple TV Plus streaming service, which allows Apple holding initial talks to acquire movies for the streaming service uh, with original films uh, like Luck and Spellbound along a season two order for Search of Wandala. Did I say that right? Wandala series? Um, Yeah. I'm familiar with that I think that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I really hate when they come up with names that people have difficulty pronouncing. I think it's just names that, well, I'm supposed to, I was supposed to visit the optometrist last week, but I got snowed in. So uh, maybe it's just me not reading my monitor, right? <laughs> so I'll just blame it on my eyes. Um, but yeah, it says the deal promises more TV films and series uh, for a multi-year impact with Skydance animation for, Di- uh, for Disney plus for Apple TV plus um, Skydance is best known for its tentpole projects, including mission impossible, Star Trek and Terminator franchises and its television output includes Grace and Frankie, Altered Carbon, both on Netflix, Jack Ryan on Amazon and Dietland on AMC, among other shows. And um, and, you know, Skydance uh, has another former Disney person there at the helm as well. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, more animation coming and more uh, animators uh, hopefully going to be in tow and keeping their job secure. Yeah. You know, I, I really am looking forward to seeing the, if the team that did uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse uh, uh, does another movie because that was such a refreshing film to come along uh, stylistically. I, I thought it was really, really well done. Uh, and, you know, again, we've talked uh, in previous shows about the fact that a lot of the CG animation being done today, it, it's all starting to blend together. It's all starting to look the same and, you know, uh, humanoid um, uh, characters and and things like that. Uh, I just uh, would like to see some kind of stylistic variety. Uh, yeah. Well, I have news for you, Dave. They're doing a sequel of Into the Spider Verse too. Oh, good. So Excellent. Sony, I'm Sony, glad to hear yeah. that. So Sony's doing. I mean, it, look, and those, I like that it. was humanoid characters, but it was a very stylized uh, visual look. I loved uh, it, and and I I just I was blown away by it. I, I I thought that they had done a fantastic job putting that film together. I did too. 
and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And Sony Animation did a bang up job, and I can't wait for the next one. And I like the choices that they've done with the film because it doesn't look like it doesn't look like uh, everything Disney or, or DreamWorks How to Train Your Dragon. It looks it has its own look and feel, and the way they did the frames um, yeah. in the kind of fast, uh, you know, I don't know. You're, you're the filmmaker, Dave, so. You know, they did this frame thing. It's almost like a frame skip, which kind of is what you do in action, a lot of action scenes so that it looks sure. more fast paced. And I thought it was just me. Like, is is my streaming working okay? But no, it was just a stylistic choice that they did where it almost looks stop, stop motion like. I don't know. It, yeah. it was just, it was very cool what they did. And you're right. It doesn't look like anything else. And, and by the way, speaking of stop and stop, uh, you know, stop playing. Uh, Disney suffered a huge outage uh, <laughs> uh, with uh, with their streaming service because they they had put up the latest the WandaVision episode. That's what they're blaming it on. But uh, I guess there was a rush of so many people to watch the latest episode of WandaVision that the system uh, crashed. You know, they started WandaVision and people were just freaking out like, is this Marvel? Like, what am I watching? It's just so weird. And then they come out with the last two episodes and they're like, oh my gosh, it's legit. Like, this is crazy time. I don't understand what's going on, but I love it. And now it's crashing servers. And that's, here we go, Kevin Feige, you're doing it again. And uh, people are loving the show. I hope, Dave, you're catching up. Hope you're catching up. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm a few episodes behind, but I, I do have to say that uh, if if you can label something a success when it when, when you crash the system because there was this overwhelming demand to watch something, uh, I think that's sort of a, a good thing, uh, uh, you know, to some extent, obviously, not to the folks that were wanting to try and watch something that, that morning. But, um, you know, the system, you know, some of these... These streaming apps uh, are still in their, you know, they're still growing pains and they're still working out some bugs and things like that. Um, you know, having been able to um, use the interface on three, four, five different uh, streaming services right now, I can tell you that some are much better than others. Well, this is true. Well, speaking of some services, uh, it looks like Paramount Plus <laughs> is uh, trying to get better in terms of our content. Dave, uh, we mentioned the fact that uh, Paramount Plus is merging with CBS All Access. It seems like the powers that be finally understand that Paramount has a lot of content. CBS has a lot of content. They're both owned by the same company. So why not just join forces? And uh, while a lot of redundant people will probably be you know, taken out jobs. and lose their jobs, you know, because of redundancies. Um, they are looking at getting the most content for people's dollar as they're all fighting. And it looks like they may be resurging, uh, reviving some old shows. Like one of my favorites, Kristen and I's favorite show uh, was done uh, by ABC. What was it? The uh, ABC. Uh, um, licensing or whatever it was it's called uh, a yeah. criminal a mind abc studios was ABC it? studios yeah it was yeah. abc signature now is what they call it so um okay. it looks like they're trying to revive criminal minds which i absolutely love i mean i love the cast of criminal minds but it looks like uh the streamer uh which will be rebranded of course from cbs all access in march to paramount plus is reviving criminal minds 
Um, no, no, I got a criminal minds ran for like 10 years, didn't it? 15, and 15. Okay. 15 yeah. years. And wasn't there the lead guy? Didn't he sort of leave abruptly? Yeah. So after a couple seasons, Mandy Patinkin, um, well, of it course. was Mandy. Mandy changed out. Yep. But but who's the guy that was on Dharma and Greg? Thomas Gibson. That was it. Thomas Gibson, because he was on it for like 12 years or something. Yeah. And, and then, then he had and a then social. left. Yeah. And apparently he got into a kerfuffle with um, one of the show writers and producers. And then he left. And then afterwards, you know, there was a bunch of different comings and goings of some of the main actors and actresses because of. You know, when you have a long-running series like this, uh, there's negotiations and pay, and they wanted to cut sure. the pay, and they wanted to bring the series up, you know, because it already lasted plus seven years. So they're already making a lot of money in syndication, and it went on for 15 years, and they had a yeah. little bit of – they had a hard time keeping some of the core cast members together because of contract uh, pay – uh, situation. So there was a revolving cast of characters over the last uh, five years of the or series uh, in on TV on CBS. But uh, according to longtime showrunner and executive producer Erica Messer, who has recently extended her overall deal with ABC Signature, is expected to return for its new incarnation. But it's unclear which of any of the original cast members from Criminal Minds will be back for the update. They're also eyeing to bring back CSI uh, featuring William Peterson and Georgia Fox, which also I was a huge fan of every CSI episode. I've got them all on DVD. Just like well, look, all, all, I, all I can say about some of this is that th this is sort of the recycling of um, of content in Hollywood that's been going on for years. They just keep going back to things that had been done and they're just retreading them. Uh, and, you know, why not? You know, I, I really wish that some of these uh, studios would try some original new material um, and put some fresh stuff out instead of constantly rebooting things that had been on the air, you know, 10, 20 years ago. So speaking of something fresh and recycling things, if you had to recommend a new series to someone with, with streaming, uh, do you have a particular series that you would recommend for, for people? What are you watching well, right now? Is there you know, something like WandaVision has been really terrific. I yep. think people should watch that. Of course, The Mandalorian. Uh, I can't think off the top of my head something new that uh, as far as a series goes that I have watched uh, recently. I'm actually watching some old series that I never watched completely through. Uh, oh. So I'm, I'm actually uh, streaming some of the X-Files. Okay. Uh, that I hadn't seen um, uh, back when it was first out. Nice. Uh, so, you know, look, I'm always looking for something good. And there are, you know, there's been a, a rash of really limited series uh, where there's, you know, eight or 10 episodes and that's the run of the show. Uh, the Undoing uh, uh, with, with, uh, Nicole Kidman, yes. uh, was absolutely fantastic. I, I highly, right. Hugh, um, Hugh Grant was in it. Uh, highly recommend it. It was absolutely fantastic. Really well done. Um, you know, so some of those types of, uh, shows, uh, I think are, uh, have been really great to watch. Yeah. And on my end, again, if you're a fan of horror, 
like uh, my wife and I are, I will suggest you watch Black Mirror on Netflix. That's a really easily digestible series. It's about, basically, it's the modern version of The Twilight Zone. Which, by the way, my wife and I did watch The Twilight Zone. I'm a big fan of uh, Jordan Peele. And Mm -hmm. uh, those are actually really good as well. And uh, I'll also go to Netflix for the series You, which is also a drama, very adult drama about murder and suspense and books and just kind of craziness that happens there uh, in a bookstore, which might actually intrigue you, Dave, but uh, I warn you that it is very adult in nature. So, uh, but, uh, but, but definitely a new series to uh, be on the lookout for. Speaking of new series, uh, I think uh, one of the final, one of the last stories we're going to tackle is JJ Abrams. So a new series quote, uh, which is called subject to change, at HBO Max is going to see JJ at the helm. Uh, it says a series is described as a harrowing mind and reality bending adventure and marks the latest endeavor for the streamer for the prolific writer and producer. So he's going back to TV. Uh, as you know, JJ is known for his work on ABC's uh, Lost series as well as Alias, both for ABC. And he's bringing uh, more of his TV chops to uh, Warner and HBO Max. So, uh, I think they're making finally making use of uh, JJ's talent. Uh, he's uh, definitely up there now. Uh, he's been signed to a multi-year contract with Warner Media. Um, I think they gave him five hundred million dollars for a bunch of content creation for the channel. So that's awesome. Yeah, interesting stuff. Are you a big fan of uh, JJ's work? I am. I I like his movies. I you know I think he's sort of the the next up and coming you know sort of Spielberg like uh, uh, director out there. Yeah, I think he's a lot of fun. I really enjoyed his uh, Star Trek reboot. And I did watch Alias and uh, and I, I tried watching Lost until I got lost. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, he, did, he did a Star Trek, didn't he? Yep, he did. Uh, he did a couple actually. He did. Yeah, uh, yeah. He did the two thousand nine. I, really, I really enjoyed those uh, Star Trek films. Yeah, they were a lot of fun. A lot of fun for sure. Last but not least, Dave. Looks like uh, Cruises will uh, be back in action by the end of twenty twenty one. Carnival CEO predicts most cruise ships will be back um, as they face a high level of scru- of uncertainty and scrutiny. But um, there you go. According to Travel Pulse. Um, Donald, uh, is it CEO Andrew? I'm trying to read this. I'm sorry. Uh, Arnold Donald of the Travel Leaders Group uh, said that what I will predict is this. I think that certainly by the end of this year, most if not all of the fleet um, will be out there. I'm optimistic um, will be in action. I think there's really a high probability that all of them will be back by the end or by early next year if things continue to progress the way that they have. So, um, there you go. Hopefully the cruise line will see uh, their activity getting back uh, on the waters and, and getting people to their vacation destination. So uh, there you have it. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you right now that uh, it's my firm belief that the cruise industry will be back on its feet uh, by uh, the end of this year. Uh, certainly by mid fall, I think that there'll be uh, cruises going out regularly. And I think that the smaller ships, the, the Regents and the Oceana and uh, cruise lines like that, uh, Silver Seas, uh, the smaller ships, I think, are going to do really well and bounce back very quickly. Uh, because, you know, look, if you had your choice of going on a ship with six or 700 people as opposed to 
three, four, five thousand people. I mean, I, I'd, I'd prefer to go on the smaller ship personally. Right on, right on. Well, I, I think it's great that you know travel. There, there is a, um, you know, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, and uh, hopefully, we'll be back to enjoying some great vacations at the parks and having some cruises in the near future. Uh, it can only get better. It, it can, can only, only get, get better from can, here. Absolutely. Your attention, please. Now loading on track number one for a trip around Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom. Skull Rock Podcast. All aboard. Your Main Street to the world of Disney. Oh, Dave, we have so many great shows and guests uh, ahead. We want to give a little... Uh, Teaser yeah, you know, I, I have to say, I'm looking forward to uh, having my friend uh, Ted Kiersey. He's a master effects animator. He was a colleague of mine at the Walt Disney Animation Studios for many years. Uh, we worked together on so many different projects. We split an office for a couple of years. Um, his photographs are showcased in my latest book, 3D Disneyland, like you've never seen it before, which as I mentioned last week, won a gold award for, from the nonfiction book awards. Uh, so uh, looking forward to having Ted on next week. That's going to be a really fun show. I also want to let our listeners know that I had a uh, article published uh, in the, uh, um, the ephemera journal, which is from the uh, ephemera society of America. Uh, they put out a, a journal three times a year, and I have a, a wonderful essay in there uh, that's Disney related. It's on the Disney advertising ink blotters, and oh. if you want to know what those are, you can now read it on cartoonresearch.com. If you go to cartoonresearch.com, you'll be able to see the um, uh, essay and see all the images of the advertising ink blotters uh, that I've collected over the years and, and put this whole piece together. So it's an interesting, you know, uh, a little article uh, that I think a lot of people are going to go, wow, I had no idea. Oh, that's um, great. I didn't know yeah. about I didn't know about this site, but it looks really cool. Uh, yeah, you can so see, I, yeah. I regularly contribute to cartoon research, yeah. uh, and so you can go there and at the top of the site you'll see a bunch of names and just click on my last name Bossert, and it'll take you to all of my articles. And the latest one is Walt Disney Classified: The Advertising Ink Blotters. So it. check it out if you if you have some time uh, and you want to read something interesting that you probably have never heard about before in the Disney universe. That's great. And there is a whole bunch of uh, articles that Dave has posted. Great reads uh, and definitely a little bit, too, on uh, 3D Disneyland. He, he's got a little primer there for you. And there are also great articles there from the likes of uh, uh, Greg Airbar and Jim Corcus. So there's a lot of really great, uh, great people there contributing to that. So I'll definitely bookmark that and I will put that link in the show notes. So absolutely. That's all I got, Al John. Uh, I think it was another great show. It was, it was wonderful chatting with you and talking about all the stuff in the news. Likewise. Absolutely. I love our little weekly chats and we love the fact that you join us for these as well. So once again, if you love Disney, 
you love pop culture, don't forget to subscribe to the show. If you just kind of stumbled upon us, you know, this relatively new podcast. So we do appreciate you listening and giving us those reviews on Apple Podcasts and uh, Spotify and everywhere you can find our podcast. You can also give us a like and, and send us some email and messages uh, through uh, skullrockpodcast.com. Also through our social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, send us those emails. Once again, Dave at SkullRockPodcast.com or Aljon, A-L-J-O-N, at SkullRockPodcast.com. And if you do happen to follow us on LinkedIn, let us know that you heard about uh, you know linking with us on LinkedIn uh, in your message to us so that uh, we can go ahead and add you. Because I, I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes people will add me on LinkedIn. I'm like, um, yeah, where did you where you uh, where you find us from? <laughs> like, I don't know if you're just trying to give me a cold call solicit or what, <laughs> you know. So, so just uh, hit us up, uh, Dave. Anything else as we wrap things up? No, I, I just want to uh, you know send our our, our heartfelt uh, best wishes out to uh, all of our our friends and and all the people who have suffered through that big storm through Texas and uh, their their weather is warming up into the fifties to seventies in the coming days and uh, we hope that you all recover uh, as quickly as possible and um, you know all I can say, Al John, is that things are going to get better. We're coming out of this. Uh, the light is at the end of the tunnel and uh, we're going to be back into the swing of it. And I think there will be a summer. There will actually be a summer this year. Uh, and I think the parks are going to be open. I think Disneyland will be reopened by the summer, uh, even at a reduced capacity. They're already talking, by the way, uh, Magic Six Flags Magic Mountain, which is out here in Los Angeles by me, uh, about them reopening in the spring. So I, I think things are going to start to blossom as spring arrives yep. uh, and people are going to be getting out there and I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Well, in the meantime, Dave, you have a great week and thank you so much for listening to another edition of Skull Rock Podcast. Have a great week. Bye-bye. I'm Kristen Hetzel, vacation planner, world traveler, Disney foodie and theme park fan. I'm Al John Go. I'm the husband who's also Disney, Star Wars, and Marvel Comics fan. And together, we host a Disney List podcast. Every week, you'll hear us list our favorite things about Disney theme parks, films, shows, travel, Marvel, and Star Wars in a top 10 list, rankings, and more. That's an impressive list. Subscribe to the Disney List podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcast platform. You can even stream us on Sorcerer Radio at srsounds.com and check out our live shows on Facebook, The Disney List Podcast. Visit thedisneylist.com.